0: most thing in this world it's just like that I give it. The most thing
1: in this world just like that I give it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Ask Pop Show. We're your hosts, Manny and Rick, and on today's episode of Grub Pubs and Clubs, we're excited to be speaking with Tony McKinnis, owner of Tasty donuts Tony founded Tasty Donuts in 2009 in Chattanooga, Tennessee, originally from Louisiana. He and his team bring that New Orleans-style flair with over 150 donut options for customers to delight in. Rick, my sweet tooth is chomping at the bit to dive in and learn the secrets of this successful small business owner. Tony, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to us, Pop.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Manny. I uh, look forward to it and uh, watch some of what y'all do. It's pretty cool sharing it, so I'm glad I can be a part of it.
1: Well, again, we appreciate you uh, jumping on board here. But if you watch the show or excuse me, watch or listened, then you understand that prior to us getting into your business journey and learning about your challenges and successes, we like to start off asking everyone the same question. And it goes a little something like this. What did little Tony want to be when he grew up?
2: Little Tony wanted to be a riverboat pilot. A riverboat
1: pilot. Walk us through that. I'm not, I'm not familiar with a
2: riverboat pilot so like you know in new orleans the the great mississippi runs through it and Mm uh you've got to be specially trained for parts of the river to run a uh pushboat or a tugboat or a ship or anything like that through it
1: okay all right well um you're still captaining a ship of sorts right not uh correct (laughs) (laughs) um but I have a follow-up question, which is in line with your business here, uh, which I don't typically ask, but is it true cops love donuts?
2: Definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah. Do they come often? Do they? Is it as frequent as they uh, advertise?
2: Probably not as frequent as as the stereotypical you know advertisement, but it's funny. We've got some of them who who come in real early. They're trying to sneak in and out if they're in uniform <laughs> just to avoid the stereotype.
1: Right. That's funny. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Tony. Word. Give us a little bit of uh, information on your background. We mentioned you grew up in, in uh, Louisiana. Is it New Orleans? You know, where did little Tony grow up? And uh, walk us through um, what did little Tony uh, see in his, uh, his childhood?
2: <laughs> little Tony grew up around the New Orleans area um, my whole life, and, and um, unfortunately, we moved around a lot, so I'm not going to name all the places, but uh, my formative years were in uh, a little town called Harahan, which if you've ever been around New Orleans, it's at the foot of the UEP Long Bridge, a real high, skinny bridge goes across the river, um, and and that's where I um, spent from oh, sixth grade through high school. Okay.
1: And did your family by any chance have like a bakery or restaurant, some kind of uh, service industry background, you know?
2: No, they did not. And um, I'll tell you, my first job when I was 14, I went to work for a donut shop. And uh, then, you know, life went on. I I had about a 20 year career in the appliance business and got out of that. And um, my wife and I were sitting on a beach, having a cocktail, discussing what I was going to do next. I tried corporate world and that was not for me. And um, she said, Hey, what's the least stressful job you ever had? And I was like, making donuts.
1: Wow. So uh, talk to us about that, that transition of like, not only having that conversation on the beach, right. But making the actual move or a plan to, I'm going to open up my own donut shop.
2: Talk to us about that. So, yeah. So my wife said, why don't, we open a donut shop. And I said, well, cause I've, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but now I am. And so we came home and did some research on the market and uh, donuts in general and in our market specifically, and said, you know, we think this market will support a good donut shop. And uh, so, you know, let's do it. Let's try it.
1: That's amazing. <clears throat> I, I, I am. I'm always fascinated by uh what I call the, excuse me for my language here, but the, the fuck it moment, right? I'm going for it. Um, can you walk us through that moment of your mind a little bit more, like elaborate on like, um, yes, putting the plan, plan together, but um, how did it feel to say, fuck it, I'm going for it?
2: Well, in a word, it felt really damn good. That's <laughs> more than one word, but so it was, so so I had been in, in small business when I was in the appliance business. Um, I started a company with, my ex stepfather, we grew from literally a pickup truck and a couple catalogs into a $15 million a year company. And, um, we had split. So, I mean, taking risks is just, I, my wife will tell you, I'm a risk taker. As a matter of fact, she loves to refer to herself as the jaw, the lid to my jar. <laughs> and, uh, I'm lucky I've got a wife who does well. And, um, which affords me the opportunity to go out and take some risks and, and, and be able to reinvest our money and, and do the things necessary to, to build a great foundation to, you know, build a, a big thriving business.
1: Amazing. We, we've heard that often uh, now when speaking to different uh, small business owners, uh, having the proper partnership, right? Not only uh, in business, but in the professional life is extremely important. And it sounds like uh, you have that and it's nice to hear. Um, Talk to us about how did you come up with the name Tasty Donuts, right? Uh, And, you know, two part. Well, I'll start there. How did you come up with the name Tasty Donuts?
2: All right. I'm going to give you one guess what the name of the donut shop I went to work at when I was 14 was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I'm going to say Tasty Donuts.
2: It was. And if you search up around New Orleans, Tasty Donuts was huge back in the 70s and 80s. It's tasty with two E's is how mm. they spelled it. And and that company went belly up, unfortunately, and it's now been bought up by another company. But, um, you know, that name sticks and, and we still get people in our shop every week. that are like, oh, this is the Tasty from New Orleans.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. Um, so, it leads to my follow up question, right? So, I, which you kind of answered here, but I'd love to hear it. Um, so, can you talk to us about how you came up with the idea of a New Orleans style donut shop, right? And tasty, obviously, has a lot to do right. with it.
2: Yeah. So, I cook, I'm the cook at my house. Um, you know, um, my best friend, who is is probably closer than a brother to me, lives here. He's from New Orleans as well. His dad and one of my stepdads went to high school together, worked in the same fire hall. So, I mean, when we were just little kids, our paths crossed. And, uh, but we do all the cooking, always have. And, and a lot of people are like, Man, you need to go into the restaurant business. You need, and they still approach me with that all the time. But I, I don't want to run a full-service restaurant, um, although my kids are, are pretty much grown now. Um, but donuts afforded me the opportunity to get up and go to work in the middle of the night or early in the morning, however you want to look at it. My wife could get the kids to school. I could pick the kids up. I coached all every kind of ball you can imagine. I, I didn't miss games. I mean, it it was just it worked perfect um, for our situation.
1: Again, I think uh, re-emphasizing the 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 fact of having a great uh, partnership right at home allows you to have that freedom to to build your business without uh, yeah because it's already stressful enough um, so. That's that's great. Um,
2: It is. And and it's imperative. If somebody wants to do something, you have got to have your spouse, significant other, whatever it is on board. Uh, A great example of that is is let's wind the clock back 15, 16 months to March of 2020 when the shit show known as COVID hit. Exactly. You know, I I went home and and, I mean, it was like the faucet literally was shut off around us. And, and I said to my wife, I said, listen, we got to make some tough decisions. This was before PPP or any of that stuff was known. I, I said, our businesses went from thriving to crap in 20 hours. And we got 32 employees. Oh wow! What are we going to do? And I said, you know, I, I said to me, let's let's see what's going to happen. I said, we're going to send everybody home, but I'm going to tell everybody they're getting a full paycheck. And, and we're going to figure this out as we go along. So before PPP or any of that, and my wife said, yes, that is the right thing to do. And we can live without your check to make sure everybody else gets paid.
1: Man, that, That's beautiful to hear. I'm glad that uh, you had that mindset. And it's uh, it's kind of weird that it leads into my next question. Um, if, if you can talk to us about the importance of building community and not just loyal customers, which just sounds what. And an internal structure, right, with your team.
2: Right. So, and, and that's all culture is in a word, what I would call that. Um, and, and we develop a culture. I mean, we look at all of our employees. And, and right now, we're up bigger than that. we got 52 employees, or excuse me, 47, I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. But we view them all as our extended family. And, and our employees don't go without. And, you know, we tell them all, we don't micromanage anybody. We tell them where we need them to be, when we need them to be there, how to give them the tools to succeed, which is the knowledge of how to do the job and the actual tools to do the job and the product to, to make or sell, et, et cetera. And, and, you know, we let everybody develop their own path and, and we stay out of their way. And, you know, I learned a long time ago, surround yourself, one, recognize your weaknesses hmm. and two, surround yourself with people who are strong where you're weak. And so I have no problem with that whatsoever. And that bleeds through, you know, community um, besides loyal customers. We do the right thing every time without fail. When, when we have an opportunity to do the easy thing or the right thing, we do the right thing. When we have an opportunity to do the cheap thing or the right thing, we do the right thing. And that comes back tenfold. And people know that. And we don't run around town tooting our horn about it but we do do the right thing. Given every chance we support every school and playground in in our market area. Um, I mean, you know, churches, you you just go down the list and, and we're there for them and they know we're there for them. They don't hesitate to call. I also am transparent when they call with requests, which happens that we can't do, or it's not wise. I say, we can't do this. Here's why we can't or won't. And, you know, hit us next time and we'll see what we can do. But, you know, a great example of that is after the when COVID just began, we had some a horrible tornado come through this area mm-hmm. in right. April. It was Easter night. Uh, and my people have been out of work for about 10, 12 days at that time. And some of my leaders, my, my managers, if you will, we call them leaders, call and they're like, man, listen, c- can we remodel shops? You know, we got to do something. And mm. because I'm I miss work. And anyway, the, the tornadoes hit, so I picked up phone. I said, guys, what do y'all think about some of us? We'll go into one of the shops in the mornings. Our shops were closed because of COVID. Right. And we will just cook big batches of donuts and coffee, and we put them in our delivery vans, and we just rode through the devastated areas, man. Donuts and coffee. And people cried and hugged us. And, you know, we got to know every cop <laughs> within a 10-mile <laughs> radius and every lineman within a 10-mile radius. You know, and we got thank you cards. There's some on my office walls from people who are like, "You don't know what that those donuts and coffee meant to me that morning." And you know, we did that for a week, and and not again. We didn't sell anything; we gave it all away.
1: The, the importance of doing the right thing, and again, back to my initial question, which was, you know, you you have the mentality of building community, not loyal customers, right? And it's right. It's beautiful to see again and hear and and other. Restaurant owners or bars or um, that we've spoken to that have done that have reaped the benefits and they didn't do it, like you said, um, because they wanted their bottom line to be better.
2: They did it because it was the right thing to do. Um, And it's funny, though, when you do the right thing, it usually comes back and reflects in your bottom line, man.
1: It's exactly right. Um, And that's why we're talking to you today, Tony. That is why. Um, Let me ask you this. When was the moment or moments that made you realize, you know, this was your calling—the the donut shop, tasty donuts—and uh, you can make this work.
2: So it was a couple of years in, and, and we started. Um, it was another guy and I, kind of a. Um, and keep in mind, we did this in '09 when the world had went to hell in a handbag, economically speaking. I about lost everything I owned, and um, you know, I mean, you couldn't borrow money to save your life um so and and to this day i'll say this i have a silent partner who owns about 10 percent of my company and and he said for a year, hey you can buy me out and I, s- I said no i'll pay you until the day you die because i feel y- you provided an opportunity for me that wasn't going to be available if you didn't believe in me at that point in time mm-hmm. and um so anyway a couple years in and um the other we had another operating partner in the beginning and and, and we were seeing some seesaw. And, and so when the decision was made that that was not going to work, one of the two operators had to leave. And um, again, I sat down with my wife, who she she is beautiful and smart and passionate about all things. And um, she's my biggest fan for sure. And, and you know, probably my biggest critic too, but that comes hand in hand. <laughs> um, you know, And and I said, listen, we know we can do this. I know I can do this. You know, I can do this. So let, let's let just get the other guy out of the picture and and, and let's go at, it, you know, and, and so we did that and we've never looked back and, and it has been just, you know, amazing. And we've opened more stores since then. And um, you know, I tell you, each one gets easier but it doesn't i'm still that same broke guy that i was 15 years ago (laughs) i I just we just opened a gelato shop and and my stomach was in knots for months as we went through that process and and you know now i'm kind of in the kind of trouble I, i like to have which is how can we make more gelato faster
1: oh that's amazing uh yeah i i just i can't um emphasize enough how much i appreciate you uh shouting out if you will your your yeah. wife and you not your life partner right who uh, is yeah. instrumental and in, and in making things happen for you so that's great um you you kind of touched on it but i'd love to hear you elaborate a little bit on you know sometimes going into the unknown can be scary right like when you yeah. first started your business um what challenges did you face when you initially started tasty donuts and how did you meet them
2: so you know, the first challenge was I hadn't been in a donut kitchen or cooked a donut in 20 years. <laughs> um, thankfully, I guess, un- thankfully some, but thankfully the, the donut technology, <laughs> there is no technology in donuts. It's pretty much still done the same way it was when I was a teenager in New Orleans. Um, So, you know, we had to do that. We had to perfect. We didn't, we wanted to to separate ourselves from other people, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not Krispy Kreme. I'm never going to be Krispy Kreme. I don't want to be Krispy Kreme, right? Right? I don't want to be a cupcake shop. I thought that was a fad, um, which turns out I may have been correct. Mm-hmm. It, you know, but we said, let's do gourmet things, you know, obviously we have to do the glazed donuts. I shouldn't say have to. We do them. That's where a lot of tonnage is, but let, let's create a product that people don't get elsewhere. And and you know, we did that 150 different donuts in the case every day. I mean, our recipe book is four inches thick. We probably got twelve, thirteen hundred different recipes for for different donuts that we've done over the years and, and continue to do. Um so it, it's it's I'm trying to think of the right word. Um it, it's just you know, the, the obstacle is where do you put the shop? Market research. Mm. Um it, it's such a, a many spoke wheel (laughs) and um you know what you worry about is is where's my break even in the beginning you know what what does it take every day for me not to have to dump more money into this place and you know from there where can I go when can I start returning on my investment when can I start paying those loans off you know cash management I mean those things are all unknown and, and my wife laughs because I still have that same amount of stress when we open a new shop. And, <laughs> and I, I say to her, I said, listen, financially, we're in the best shape we've ever been in. So if it's a complete failure, it's not going to cripple us. But you never know that watching me go through the process because, you know, I, I'm ate up with angst and worried about every everything.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough not to be right. And it's it's uh, I think it keeps you on your toes, right? Not getting too comfortable where it's like, I got this. I know what I'm doing here. And uh, I think that's where things might slip through the cracks. Um, So here we are 2021. We're still in a global pandemic, kind of depending, right? Like, yeah, the government, but uh, we're hearing from other owners, you know, they're encountering different challenges due to COVID, like retention of staff. Food costs, delivery costs, I mean, you know, many different things that we're hearing. Talk to us about what challenges you have faced during these times and how you've met those.
2: Probably the same thing. And, and mm-hmm. retention of staff wasn't a real big thing for me because we treat our people well. And, and I'm in the food business, and my average employee's been with me over three years. That's a long time. That's crazy, That's crazy in this business. Yes. Um, you know, I'm struggling right now because what I've got is a group of employees who have been with me through high school or college and they're finishing moving on. I got one going to law school. I got three graduating and going off to college. Uh, We're having trouble finding some people to replace them. We will, but but it's not as easy as it's been in the past. Um, Costs are just out of control, to use my staff's favorite saying. (laughs) I, I said, listen, our other costs are out of control. We have to control what we can, but yeah, I mean, and it whether it's freight or shortages or whatever, I mean, we've had trouble getting yeast, powdered sugar. If you can name it, we have had trouble getting it and had to pay crazy. Our raw materials cost is up almost 40% in the last 15 months. Wow. That. Wow. And Yeah, and what, we can't price ourselves out of the market, so we have to find efficiencies within Um, and trim the fat so to speak and 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 make ourselves as lean as we possibly can because you know i can't change my price every week or every two weeks like my suppliers do
1: right you 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 can't fluctuate like that your 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 clientele wouldn't go for that um so what have you done to pivot right like what have you seen whether it's yourself or other uh, business owners in your area that that has garnered positive results you know, the pivoting, right. Or adapting. Right.
2: Right. So in the food business, I mean, everybody went to the curbside carry out and, you know, unfortunately that model doesn't work well for what we do mm. because we need you in this shop, laying your eyes on the case and the can, you know, the dye candy, so to speak um i mean it's it's critical um so what we you know obviously we we took our social distance measuring we we got stickers printed on the floors and you know wore masks and we're a clean operation anyway so we didn't that wasn't a big change for us as far as sanitization and things like that you know but more than anything we focused on what it is we do well Mm. and we continue to do that and Um, You know, there were some short periods where, you know, on social media every day we would say, "Hey, here's what's in the case. If you don't want to come in, and and we can run it out to you, and do those things." But people, as soon as we we were closed five weeks, I mean, and people were literally waiting at the doors when we opened back up.
1: That's awesome.
2: Well,
1: hmm, let me let me ask this, right? So we've talked to again a lot of uh, business owners, particularly in the hospitality industry, and. Uh, we understand that you all operate on very slim margins right and whether it's a restaurant bar in this case a a donut shop um how have you been able to maintain tasty donuts profitable especially because of COVID and just in general
2: right so we we had some i mean we had to make some changes Mm -hmm. um and and again we internally slimmed down a lot of things and uh we had a full-time cook that decided he was leaving in September and I sat down with my other cooks. We had three cooks to cover two stores with off days and everything else. Mm. And, um, you know, I sat down with those guys and I said, listen, we don't know what the world's going to look like. I I think the smart thing for us to do right now is to let's not bring on another high dollar cook full time. And again, I'm transparent with my staff, transparent with our community, our customers. I mean, we try to be transparent in everything we do. And Mm. so I told those guys, I said, listen, this is a team deal. Y'all can rotate five days off or, excuse me, two days off, one day, one week, one day off the next week, and I'll cover your off days. And, you know, that's what we did. And at the end of the day, I said, I'm saving, you know, 40 some odd thousand dollars a year by not having another full time cook.
1: I think that goes to being a great captain of your ship, right? Communication understanding your business and i think it was yesterday or maybe last week rick maybe you can remind me but uh there was a great quote by someone who said cut the waste not cut the spending and it sounds like that's what you're doing right you're, you're right you're making sure that hey i'm still going to spend but i'm going to spend accurately and in the in the uh the best way possible for for us as a team
2: exactly and and we do that you know people laugh at me and and some of my leaders now, I have a gal that runs one of my shops, came to me. She was a 13-year manager at Taco Bell, and when she was looking at some of our systems, and, and when, when I say systems, some of my systems are just notebooks that, <laughs> here's where we write this, in this notebook, and I've got years of them in a drawer, but you know, we, we monitor, you know, forecasting is, is one of the toughest things I do because unlike most food service businesses, I don't, all my money spent before we open in the morning, really. And I don't have the opportunity to carry it into the next day. Um, So, you know, we have to forecast accurately and that comes back to good record keeping. Mm -hmm. So we have good data to, to use when we're making these forecasts and things like that. But, you know, what we did was skinny down. Let's, let's look at, you know, our intention—we close at 9 p.m. Our intention is to sell the last donut at 8:59 p.m. every day. <laughs> um, you know, so let's get as close to that as we can. And and times have been good for a long time, so our waste had, it it was still better than the average in the industry, but our waste had gotten a little bit. So you know, we trimmed down on that. And mm-hmm. um, you know, what what I didn't trim down on was quality, the experience our customers have, and keeping my employees taken care of.
1: Right. Not taking shortcuts. It's it's another great uh, uh, example of what you're saying. It's cutting the waste, but not taking shortcuts, cutting spending or weight spending accurately. Yeah. Um, Let me ask this. So we know that for the most part, especially prior to social media, right? Word of mouth trumped any other type of advertising, right? Uh, Which form of advertising, marketing, promotions has worked for you um, prior to COVID and during COVID?
2: So I've spent a lot of money to answer that question over the years, mm. I can tell you that for sure. And um, so we've done print ads, we've done radio ads, we've done a little bit of TV. Uh, it's hard in my case because what I've learned is we can realistically draw people from about a six mile circle. So if you put a, put your finger on our shops, six mile circle is where I can really expect to draw you from. So billboards, uh, far and away, or what I believe in and and I use billboards a lot in the appliance business so I was already familiar with them um, but but billboards work excellent for us and um, you know we, we've learned things for example, I would always say you know over 300 different donuts or largest variety and and uh, my wife, that wonderfully beautiful smart woman, said to me she said, nobody can picture three hundred fifty donuts she said, so why don't you try putting a single unique donut on there that people can picture? And that's funny. There's a digital billboard not far from one of our shops, and we roll through some different things. And we have learned over the years, I mean, that the gals will call and go, is pina colada donut on the billboard today? <laughs> yes. Why? Why? I've had 10 people come in asking for a pina colada donut so um, that they, they work well for us. You know, we've tried direct mail. I mean, we've tried so much stuff and what's tough in the donut business is I got to look at cost per door ding. What does it cost me to get you to darken my door? Right. If I can get you in there the first time, I feel like the product the people, the the place, we're going to get you back again. So everything we do is geared to get you in here one time. Um, and we've just had the best results with that, uh, prior to social media. And obviously we work social media, um, pretty hard be- because that's cool. You know, I went to a seminar 25 years ago about advertising and they said, you know, what people forget is advertising is your, you, if you could sit down and talk to every person like you and I are talking one-on-one here, I could get you to come try my donuts, right? But how do I get? I don't have all those words. I have seven words or so before I lose your attention. So what can I do to get you to come try it in seven words? And then that's blasted out to, you know, thousands of people.
1: Yeah. Uh, advertising and marketing. It's, it's funny to hear, hear you say about the billboards, right? And piña coladas. And um, it's, it's, it's trial and error from what we hear as well.
2: It, right. it is. And, and like oh. I said, we found that. So we do some cool stuff with it now. And with digital, it's, it's gotten so much easier um, and frankly better. Um, but, you know, when it's less than 40 degrees, our Ghirardelli hot chocolate signs run. Hmm. Right. When it's summertime and it's afternoon, our snowball signs run. And, and so we, we've tailored it to, to which we couldn't do years ago.
1: Right. It's, it's, it's customizing your, your, uh, your messaging, right?
2: Right.
0: Um, So Tony, we noticed that you have a a pretty big following on Facebook, like over 10000 people follow you. Tons of people are checking in. Um, What are some ways you're using those avenues to get people through the door?
2: So with, 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 when we run promotions that's on there, and let me start by telling you this, our 10,000 some odd people on Facebook, 95% 95% of them are in my market. That's, that's huge. So, we have the ability to convert that into sales dollars. That's the first thing. Um, you know, people approach us all the time. We can get you 100,000 likes. I'm like, I, I don't, I want people here in my town to like me and follow me. So, we don't post a bunch of stuff. Um, do we post on a regular basis? Most certainly, but we don't wear them out. Right. So, they look at what we're posting. They're like, hey, This is good content. Just we have an email list that's really strong. We email once a month. And it's something good. And the open rate on our emails is over 80%. Because we're not bombarding you every day or every week. It's once a month. And we're going to tell you what's happening, what's coming, what's new. And we're going to make you some kind of deal to say thanks for reading my email.
1: Uh, wow uh, that is amazing it sounds like it's a combination of of obviously digital or social media marketing um, that's that's drawing people in right 80% open rate that that's not that uh, common I would assume right because people are getting bombarded with like emails and I know I get a ton of emails and I don't open them so sounds like you guys are doing a good job there Um, and wow, you're saying 90% or the majority of them are within that six mile radius?
2: No, not the six mile radius, but they're in my market. So they're they're in in the Chattanooga area. Right, right.
0: Tony, are you handling these things or do you have someone on staff that handles all your marketing and all the the nuts and bolts of of marketing itself?
2: So like everything else around here, it's a team effort. Um, I do have one of our leaders that spearheads our social media stuff. Um, and we work in conjunction with each other. And uh, of course, I make everybody crazy because we'll do something new and cool and I'll go post it or post a video. And my wife and Sarah Ann, our, our, our leader that covers that they'll both call and yell at me because uh, I'm not staying on brand and, and things like that. But, but it's cool. We try to keep it personal too. So to, to answer your question, it's a, Really, there's three of us that manage all the social media and marketing, and we do try to make sure that it's it flows, um, you know, from one segment to another, and and we're delivering the same message consistently.
1: Well, it sounds like you guys are doing a hell of a job. To be honest with you, ten thousand followers is not easy to get, whether it's in your market or not. So uh, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, let me ask this, to, just to take a little step back here on on the early times for you. Um, Early on, how did making mistakes or the potential roadblocks that you encountered uh, help you get to where you are now and thriving?
2: So, you know, and and I call it the dumb tax or whatever you want to call it. I paid a lot of that over the years, but, you know, you can let mistakes define you or you can let them motivate you. I choose to let them motivate Um, And I made some big ass mistakes in all my years before donuts and after, and, and, you know, I learned from them. I moved forward. I got, I became a better person. So that's my mentality is mistakes are going to happen. I'm not perfect. Nobody around me is perfect. Um, And we're okay with admitting that and and learning from those mistakes. But, you know, we, we made tremendous mistakes. um, As far as how do we market our business? Um, You know, one mistake we didn't make is, is what we want to be and how we want to do it. And to, to tell you that, the, the most important lesson, if you grab any of my staff and ask them what's the most, most important lesson Tony ever taught you, I would think the answer would be the show must go on. And so it doesn't matter what's going on, the show must go on. We got to figure out a way to do it, what we do each and every day. Okay. Sometimes the show goes on without a specific type of donut. Or without a specific product, but again, we're transparent. If we don't have something, we're telling you why we don't have it. We're not. Uh, we don't buy into the baffle them with bullshit. I mean, we we are true. We're telling you, hey, we didn't get this. We screwed up. Supplier screwed up. Somebody screwed up. Uh, but what it is? But you know, we, we learned over the years with how long it takes to cook, and, and how how do you back into production numbers, and um, you know, controlling waste. I mean, that was a painful long-term project is to to gather enough data to accurately forecast what we do
1: yeah, yeah there's a lot of pain points right and starting yeah. on, um th- yeah. again it sounds like uh you've learned from them and obviously are thriving and, and it's it's great to see um just because unfortunately we also know the statistics of um the hospitality industry which a lot of or a lot of business perish uh, and yeah, early yeah. on because they don't learn their mistake from their mistakes. Right. Um, let me ask this is, was there anyone, we know tasty donuts back in Louisiana is, is, is uh, an integral part of your, uh, interpretation of, of, uh, your shop, but was there anyone whom you've patterned yourself after or guided you along this way?
2: Um, to be honest, you know, um, I, I've got a great, tight-knit group of friends, the one I was telling you is like my brother and right. another great friend, my silent investor, my wife. And I'll bounce things off of those guys all the time. Um, you know, but as far as what we patterned after, the biggest thing I would say to you is in the beginning, when when I said, all right, we're going to do this, other partners gone, I said, we need to treat this like a sales organization mm. because that's what we're doing. Now we're also a production facility, but but at the end of the day, Everybody, in, we need to be salespeople, and and we need to upsell and suggestive sell and add on and and brand, and that's the biggest difference. I, most donut shops are built for a mom and pop, if you will, to make a couple bucks, and and you know that's it. And and I said that's not what I want. I want to build a, a brand. I want to build a solid company. I want to help a lot of people. And you know, one of the the unseen joys i get is the amount of people i get to help guide through life Mm. as far as employees and things like that i mean they come to me you know some of them um, i'm like uncle tony or donut (laughs) daddy or whatever (laughs) you know i mean i help them through a lot of things because i have a lot of wisdom i've been through a lot of crap in my life and um you know you you got to keep moving and and one of our managers, the Taco Bell one, she 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 says the best. Sometimes she's like, "I want so bad." When we're discussing an issue or a problem or whatever it is, she said, "I want him to be yelling and pissed off and steaming," and he's not. Mm. Well, she doesn't know his inside. I am, yeah, <laughs> right. But but a lot of years have taught me to to keep my mouth shut and my ears open, and um, you know, so so that's that's very cool
1: again, example of being a good captain, right. And all the years that you have in not only life, but in, in work experience. Um, but with, with that said, all that life and work experience that you have and and uh, what advice would you give 10 year old Chris now, or, excuse me, Tony now.
2: 10 year old Tony now, yeah. man, that'd be a long list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, just, keep, and and 10-year-old Tony was a fighter, and and almost 50-year-old Tony is still a fighter as far as when it comes down to uh, the show must go on, and I will do whatever it takes to make sure that the show continues on, and, um, you know, what I would tell 10-year-old Tony is you don't have to do it all yourself. Um, You know, look at, listen to, and lean on those around you that are willing to help you. Um, You know, I'd also say take a step back and don't get drawn in to the um you know I, i'm trying to think of the right way to describe it i help people for me as much as i do for them right if you're in a bad spot Manny and i i'm helping you out i'm doing that as much for me as i am for you right and it goes back to doing the right thing we don't do the right thing because of who they are we do the right thing because of who we are
1: wow I think that was a uh, again a, a knowledge bomb, right? Like we don't do the right thing because of who they are; it's because of who we are. That's that's very Im- impactful. Um, that's amazing. Um, sticking to the theme of advice, right? Yes. What, advi- what advice would you give to someone that wants to open up their own place? They were in that; they're on the beach, right? Or potentially thinking about starting their own place. What, what would you um, what would you say to them?
2: I would say. If at all possible, go for it. I mean, listen, life's short. Chase the dream, definitely. Uh, the mistake I've seen so many people make and, and is can I afford to try to open the business? Hmm. That answer is so convoluted and weird. <laughs> Will the bank loan me 100 grand? Yes. Oh, I can afford to go do it. Well, also, can you afford to live without a paycheck for a period of time if you have to? Can, can you, are you willing to invest the time and energy it takes to build that foundation? And, you know, I tell, we, we sell franchises now and license agreements. And and I tell people all the time, I say, I can't stress enough. You're meeting Tony almost 15 years in here, 12 years in. This is not what you're going to be doing. What I'm doing today is not what you're going to be doing in a year. If you decide to go for this. And and I, I would, however much work and time you think it's going to take, multiply that by five, you know, and don't let work scare you. I mean, if, if you know, so many people think I'm going to open a business, whether it's hospitality, food, whatever it is, and, and I'm going to teach people in a week how to do it, and I'm going to sit in the back and count my money. <laughs> That's yeah, not yeah. the way it works, you know. <laughs> that is not the way it works, and and there are so many unforeseen. And, and plan, you know, hope for the best and plan for the worst. That that's the most valuable advice I can give anybody is is be able to swallow whatever the worst case scenario is, whether that be emotionally, physically, financially. You've got to be able to know, hey, if if it all goes to hell in a handbag, I'm still going to survive.
1: Yeah, I think we've heard that so many times um and I think it's great advice it's it's get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And to the point, I mean, it's you know, we open new shops, we do this, it's uh, my wife says she's like you have an internal clock that keeps you yeah. from from getting comfortable.
1: Yeah. Some people don't. I mean, that, that's, that's great that, that you do. Those are those natural instincts. And I'm assuming also that, that life experience, right. That has taught you like, Hey, that internal clock's ticking here. I, I, I understand what's happening here. Yeah. Um, what does the future look like for Tony and tasty uh, donuts?
2: So we, um, you know, we, we want to have at least three, probably four shops in this market, kind of each corner of the market, if you will, corner in the market, I guess to use an old, <laughs> unintended, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and so we did just open our first gelato shop. We opened just over a month ago. Um, and much like, you know, the brand we've built is based on, we make everything in-house, everything's fresh, we're creative. We use the best ingredients we can get. We're not afraid to try stuff. Um, so we took that and said, let's. how do we put that into frozen desserts? Gelato is what it is mm. because of the quality differences, a lot of reasons. But um, we went and learned how to make gelato from... Italians in Chicago spent a lot of money and time up there to learn how to do it right. Um, and we opened that as a separate storefront. Ultimately I see those becoming a single storefront, but what we wanted to do was borrow or lean on our brand that we've created to get people in the first time to try it. Um, but if it was a major flop, we didn't want to damage the donut brand any more than necessary. Therefore separate storefront. Um, so far, it's been off the charts. Unbelievable. So internally, we're like, all right, we, we've got to look at marrying these two and putting everything under one roof, which makes sense. Busy seasons are opposite one another. I mean, it's just maximizing that floor space. You know, I, I don't know if you can see where I'm sitting right now, but this is my office. It's about four by six. Um, it's also a file room, a storeroom, uh, a counseling area, you know, but we try to maximize every thing. I pay the same amount of rent for this space. That makes me no money as I do for that case up front where all my money's made or where my donuts are made. Um, you know, so, so we're looking at getting more efficient. So we're going to open some more stores. We're going to become more efficient. Um, and the big thing we're doing is we've met with multiple people that, that work with you in putting the franchising together. Uh, cause I think ultimately, i'm not 100 percent sold that's the way i want to go but I, i'm feeling it is and, and i've got my my support crew around me is saying you're a fool if you don't
1: sounds like gross 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 right and uh, uh that's amazing and, and uh, additional businesses and during these times just goes to prove uh once again what a great captain you are the, thus
2: far um well, uh, listen, and a uh, captain's no good without a good crew. I mean, let, let's be real. Uh, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for people I have. You know, my, my main donut cook's been with me almost 11 years now. Um, my second main donut cook, my other my full-time cook's been with me almost four years now. I mean, we get people and we bring them in and, you know, we hire them to retire them, so to speak. Oh, I like that.
1: <laughs> hire them to retire them. Yeah. All right. Well, I know who to hit up if I need a job. Tony. uh, I'm coming to you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. As long Um, as you don't mind real early mornings. (laughs) I
1: don't, I'm not afraid of hard work. Yeah. Uh, Let me ask you this Um, sticking to the advice theme. I I wanted to ask this and and I skipped the question, but I want to make sure we get this uh, on record. Is there um, any advice you'd give the business owners who are currently actually in business, not just thinking about uh, launching their business, Uh, on best ways to improve their bottom line, right? Because there's a lot of people out here that are in business and potentially suffering and don't even know which direction to head in. So what would you say to them?
2: So I would say, again, multiple, you figured out by now, I I can't give simple answers because my brain doesn't work that way, I guess. Network with other business owners, Right. And in my case, I I have a network of people I know that own donut shops, but also restaurants and even not food service businesses. But what I look at is is percentages. Right. I'm like, hey, what what," you know, when you talk about bottom line is is what am I if you're trying to improve your bottom line, you either got an expense you need to. Do away with or you got to increase revenue. Right. Ultimately, it's probably some of both of those. Correct. right so don't be so proud to ask not ask for help right don't be so proud to not admit this guy does this better than i do let me see how he's doing it what he's doing what can i learn from him you know some of the best practices we have were ideas we saw other places and we're like we can tailor this to specifically work in our business
1: yeah yeah
2: does that Um, make sense
1: it makes complete sense. I, I, I think you you mentioned it earlier. Not only uh, putting the people the right people in place, but now it sounds like in addition to that, it's also leaning on the right people um, to advance or to gain that knowledge, um, and that's part of the building community as well, right? It's it's definitely. not only
2: yeah, um, definitely, definitely. And and you know, there's a it, that comes back in so many different ways. So one of our shops is in this the coolest little development, it's called Cambridge Square in Ottawa, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Chattanooga. But it's a, like an old town square and it's got a bunch of boutiques and restaurants, donut shops, gelato shop, um, but this is cool. and And we're all very friendly as far as owners, employees, neighbors, but we do things together. And those are people I lean on. I'm like, hey, what are you seeing out there you know what? What's your stuff doing? Sometimes things just suck, right? Times are bad, and, and it sucks. And for me, at least, there's comfort. I, I've always, if we got a problem, let me identify the problem so that I can fix, it, right? And generally in our business, if if you're having a sales problem, it's people, it's place, it's price, right, or product. The P's, the four P's. The four P's. And so, you know, for example, COVID, I, I said, guys, we lost our buds last year. Wasn't anything we did, right? Wasn't a people problem, wasn't a price problem. I mean, the government took our demand away.
1: It was a P pandemic problem.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but but to go back to that, so not only, you know, I talked to those guys, hey, what, what are y'all looking like? I mean, has your week been good? Last month, good? Whatever. Let's make sure we're on the same, you know, I, Our curves, while not identical, should somewhat resemble one another because we're all neighbors. And and so that's important to me. And we do things together. For example, on big holidays, um, Valentine's Day is is a huge holiday. It's one of our biggest days of the year. Mm. And most donut shops, that wasn't the case. And I was like, how do we take this? bad time for us and make it good well we do chocolate strawberries we do these valentine special boxes we do all kind of stuff but um i'll tie in social media so we do a giveaway for each shop okay our cambridge square one was i think it was over 750 dollars this year so now we go on our social media we're also pulling from il primo and barn door boutique every and all of us ponied up a gift card of no one person gave away a ton of money Right. Wow. We all did a hundred bucks or something. And that post, I'll have to go back and look at it. had over 100,000 interactions. Wow. Well, right. Not just views, now interactions. So people either liked, commented, shared. I mean, they did something that we knew they made a move on that post, um, which was cool. And, and that comes back to building community and, and doing the good things. So, um, you know, and, and all of those guys, every time we do one of those, they're like yes matter of fact we have other businesses to come to and it's going hey we heard how good your promo did for il primo next time you do one can we get in on it?"
1: the power building community i love it uh yeah actually I have, uh, something has come up uh,
2: that
1: that i want to ask is uh, in regards to building that community is um the Southern hospitality have a lot to do with that, right? The, the whole community aspect of helping thy neighbor. I know I'm, I'm from California, but I know, and I've been a Chattanooga actually, but um, is that something that has a lot to do with it as well, that you all have that mentality of help thy neighbor?
2: I think so. I, I definitely think that that plays into it, at least a little part, uh, Manny, for sure. But yeah, that, that definitely plays into it. And, you know, um, you know, Southern. We also realize good fences make good neighbors. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> so so you know we're we're not afraid. But it, it's it's um you know we all want to see each other succeed. And and you know at, at the end of the day, I it doesn't matter if I'm going to get a beer at a bar. I'm going to find a local. My wife calls them shithole bars, right? <laughs> if I'm going to eat somewhere, I'm in a town I don't know. I'm looking for a good local place. If I'm buying a pair of shoes, I'm going to try to find a local store, not a big bean. And, and I guess it goes back to my mentality as a kid fighter. It's not me against the world. It's us little guys against all these big guys. Mm. Right. You catch me on Walmart. You can bet your ass. That's the last option I have exhausted every other one. I don't do that unless I absolutely have to. Um I don't know
1: that that answered your question, but it it did. It it, it definitely did. And I had that same mentality wherever I go. I used to travel a lot for work and it was the same thing. I'm trying to find the local shithole as your wife would put it. And, uh, or, you know, like, Hey, where's the local place that people go to? I want to make sure I'm spending those dollars locally, not to those, those big monsters out there. Right. Right. Um, well, Tony, we, we are here. We have arrived at the final five questions of ask pop. Um, are you ready for the final five? Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. Question number one. What would your last meal be if you were on death row?
2: Uh, it would be cowboy ribeye, roasted potatoes with onions and garlic, and garlic roasted broccoli.
1: Oh, my God. That's, that's a nice hearty meal. Uh, you're going out. With a full belly. All right. Um, let's see. Number two. What is your go-to cocktail spirit or beer? You know, Rick and I, he's a whiskey guy. I'm a tequila and whiskey guy. But what's your go-to uh, alcoholic beverage?
2: My go-to is an old-fashioned.
0: Mm, some bourbon. Some bourbon. yeah Yeah. that seems to be a very popular drink on our show
2: (laughs) yeah it's funny you know it's really come back in popularity you see them everywhere but i'm from new orleans right so funny quick story Mm. we always um when we were kids are you all there sorry when we were kids growing up you go to a function or whatever around new orleans everybody have high balls Mm. i always thought like when I grew up, I was like, "I'm gonna go to a bar and get a highball." <laughs> well, a highball is just another name for a cocktail. I mm-hmm. didn't know that, but anyway, I've drank old fashions for years, and uh I really, um I drink scotch during the winter, mm-hmm. and old fashions, well, most all year. And then I love my Coors Light. Don't make fun of me; I'll climb through the phone and get you. But I love my Coors Light.
1: No, no, no. we just uh, there's, I love it. Coors Light when depends, right? Hot summer day, I'm. Just- Light nothing light.
2: like that burn in the back of your throat oh i love it
1: yeah uh, I'm, I'm gonna actually add an, an additional question here it's top six um which donut would you recommend for rick and i to to try when we come by to tasty donuts all and right
2: so i got two if you like fruity kind mm-hmm. of flavors blueberry cream cheese pie blueberry. if you like just creamy stuff you Got to go for the Bavarian with chocolate on top, which in a lot of places they call that Boston cream.
1: Oh, okay, yes, hmm, I'd probably go with the Boston cream or hmm, okay, all right. Well, I know what I'm getting when I get there.
0: Well, peanut uh, butter, I ain't just some peanut butter and chocolate. You guys, have we got that? that too, man.
2: Ooh, we okay. got a Reese's, we've got several different versions of that
0: sold. That's me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm just such a simpleton. I mean, I always go for like a glazed or like a powdered donut. I'm, yeah, I'm, we I'm got those too. No, I'm sure you, yeah, you got 150 different options or so 300, right? Um, let me see here. So question number three, I'm going to pose a scenario. And you pick from one of those scenarios, then I will ask the question. Scenario number one, you're walking into an MMA match or a boxing match. Scenario number two, you're walking up to the plate uh, at a baseball game. Your, your favorite team, if you have one. Or the third, you're walking in everyday life. Pick a scenario and I will ask the question.
2: Well, I, I'd like that walk-in on any of them, but uh, let's go with the MMA match.
1: Yes, finally, we get one. I love it. All right, what would your theme song or your song be as you're coming into the cage to fight your opponent or meet your opponent?
2: Oh, it would have to. I, how could it be anything except Seek and Destroy by Metallica. Oh, shit, I love it.
1: Seek and Destroy.
2: <laughs> I mean, when I the it. guitar rift hits, I would just come out of the smoke, you know?
1: Mm. Seek and Destroy. Uh, all right. All right. Question number, what is it? 4B, 4A? Yeah, <laughs> <number four. laughs> do you have a mantra you live by or a quote that you love and
2: why? I do have a mantra I live by. I have thousands of quotes I love, but my mantra and it's tattooed on my chest right here. Hmm. It's German, immer besser. And that translates into forever better or always improving.
1: I love that. Can you say it again for me, please?
2: Immer besser. And I'm not doing it with the right German accent. Immer besser. (laughs) I-M-M-E-R-B-E-S-S-E-R. Immer besser. Forever better. Always improving.
1: Forever better. Always improving. All yep. right. And wow. listen,
2: I, I believe it. it's tattooed. I don't know if you can see that or not. It's in that anchor.
0: Hmm.
1: All right. Well, Emmer Besser. I, mine is Carpe Diem, right? I yeah. see the moments, see the day. But okay, let's see. Question number 5A or 6. Where can people find you online? Shout out the website, social media handles. We will make sure that people are, are aware and can visit you not only uh, physically, but online and, and follow your every move.
2: Yeah, so um, our website is thetastydonuts.com dot com for the donut shops, and gelato is tasty scoops dot com. Um, you can find us on all the social media platforms, either tasty scoops and sweets or tasty donuts. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter—I uh, don't, you know, the interwebs is over <laughs>
1: <laughs> the interwebs. There, there it is. You can find Tony and tasty donuts. You know, Tony, let me just say thank you for walking us through your entrepreneurial path, right? Your business journey. Um, and giving us an inside look into building your empire, right? One glazed donut at a time.
2: That's it. That's it. I told my wife, I want to name my boat a dollar at a time and she wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> she said That could be taken too many ways, but no, well, my pleasure. And, and hopefully somebody sees this and, and gets something from it. Um, right? I mean, my am best or my life goal, whether you work for me, or I meet you. I, I hope that I can help you be a better version of you at some point in the future.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'll leave it there. My ass pot people, if you live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or, or are in the Canton, Georgia area, or are just simply visiting any of those areas, please make sure you make your way on over to tasty donuts and pick up a dozen of those new Orleans style treats. Thanks again for listening, and please stay tuned as we continue to bring you some dope professionals offering perspective on how they're making their dreams come true one business at a time. Rick, as always, and if you don't know, now you know.